0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. We are not financial professionals, and this podcast is designed for entertainment purposes only. We are regular folks who do research and present opinions to an audience in a fun way. Our opinions should not be construed with the views of any organizations we may be affiliated with. This podcast does not represent the thoughts, intentions, plans, strategies of our employers. It only represents the opinions of the authors. If you need specific guidance on your own financial situation, please consult a financial fiduciary professional.
1: Jerry, how you doing? Happy Sunday.
0: Hey, Greg, How are you doing? Happy Sunday.
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Welcome to uh, the Money Vikings podcast, everybody. Uh, what are we at now, Jerry? Twenty thousand listeners, something like that.
0: S- something like that, and we're huge in Belgium.
1: Oh, still in Belgium? Yeah, wow. I don't know why. Yeah, it's so <laughs> cool. Any other kind of like random? And, hey, nothing. I love Belgium. No problem. You know. um, any other random countries that uh, they were doing really well in, or
0: uh, uh, Zimbabwe?
1: I'll... Are we up and coming in Zimbabwe?
0: Potentially, potentially. I think uh, we got to get our social media presence out a little bit more there. But uh, I think we're coming along there just fine.
1: Hey, man, in all honesty, you know, you just like gave me like a brain idea. Um, you know, what a concept. Think about it if you're from Zimbabwe and you own a smartphone, which a lot of people do, right? Uh-huh. Maybe not a wealthy country per capita. But let's say you have a smartphone, you have a little bit of capital and you got a uh, trading account. Think about it. You could I mean, you can make some money, you right? Could,
0: yeah, it doesn't take much these days. The barrier to entry to start uh, trading, you just need a little bit of capital and go crazy.
1: You don't need some fancy pants, you know, connection to Wall Street to do this thing. So. No,
0: no, you don't.
1: I mean, it's just, God, the world, it's, it's, it's changing so rapidly. Um, I don't know, I'm feeling a little, so I, this week I've been feeling like this pandemic, man. And then this is the week, you know, the president uh went it was tested positive for covid mm-hmm. um you know we don't have a political show of course but went in but i, I i'm feeling surreal this week is that does, <laughs> that does that make sense
0: it does it does it's just uh you know i was listening to uh tom and tony on uh first call where they do their show right before the uh, markets open and then they they kind of trade the first 30 minutes of futures which just ended not too long ago this afternoon and they were they were just talking about the uh, the vix and volatility and it's they just think it's at all-time highs at least tom does and he doesn't really see like any he can't fathom anything else other than like a terrorist attack or uh i i don't know but like you know trump going to jail but you, you know nothing that would yeah. make it go higher it's sort of like at all-time highs now like and what
1: he, more could you do than like a threat to the president? yeah I right. Mean, a health right. I mean, that's so um, uncertainty. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you and Bob, you and Bob last week were talking about the VIX and. Uh...
0: Yeah, but I'm struggling because <clears throat> Bob and Tom are on different sides of it. Bob is thinking it's going to go up higher and higher. And it's too bad he's not here today to to talk about his position where Tom thinks it's about as high as it can get and Now, it, now it's going to go down. And after the election, it's just going to go down. So the money to be made is in the volatility crush, not the uh, uh... not. Not rising, so interesting. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm still long some VIX positions, so I'm, I'm obviously on the other side of that trade. But it's definitely got me thinking.
1: Wow, that is that is amazing. Well, hey folks, we got a great show for you today. Um, you know, we're t- we're actually going to talk about two interesting things. Uh, Jerry's going to walk us through pair trades and a particular uh, Exxon Mobil trade that he did, and then I'm going to lead us through a conversation on one of my favorite topics, as you know, real estate. And uh, I'm hoping to make this applicable to a wide audience, because many, many people, whether you realize it or not, in one way or another, you're probably a real estate investor. And I guess in some ways, what I'd like to argue for is if you aren't a real estate investor, I think it's a pretty cool uh, way to invest. And I'll, and I'll walk through that. Um, but do you want to you get us started with uh, pair trades?
0: Sure, I would love to. Now, pair trade is a relatively new concept to me. They've been pushing it hard on uh, TastyWorks and the Tasty Trade Network for many, many uh, months. And now that they have their new small exchange out, it's sort of it's sort of like the perfect storm of events that uh, allows these uh, smaller priced futures that are out there um, and that are consistent price with each other uh, to to be able to take advantage of this type of trading. But it can be done. Uh, with any type of stock. It doesn't necessarily have to be future. So I wanted to put that out there. And it could be done with one share. Um, you know, they don't talk about that. And I might even want to try that sometime. And maybe we try that for uh, for fun sometimes, take a few different pairs and see. But um, the the idea is that you find uh, two securities that have been correlated, to a very high correlation. And, and the trade I did was... Um, with the small technology index and the small 75, which basically are uh, Tastyworks version of SPY and QQQ, mm-hmm. uh, the, NAS- the NASDAQ 100 and QQQ. Mm-hmm. So, so those are historically correlated very high. Like when, when SPY, the S&P 500 goes up, the NASDAQ usually goes up too. When SPY goes down. The NASDAQ 100 usually goes down, too. And the highest correlation number would be one where they just act exactly the same every tick for tick. You know, they're they're in uh, lockstep. But the the correlation that they have is 83 point eight three, actually, which is pretty high. And what's been happening over the past few weeks is that the uh, the NASDAQ has been outperforming the SPY on a relative basis. Hmm. NASDAQ more tech heavy and the S&P 500, a more broad based index with, you know, maybe 20% technology and then the other industrial and, and and real estate and, and, you know, different, uh, different things. So really technology has been outpacing the, the, the S&P 500. And so there's an opportunity there because of the divergence where the NASDAQ went really high and the SPY went higher but not as much and they've sort of the gap has been getting wider and wider and wider as time goes by so the bet is well what you do is you you um you go short the one that's outperforming in this case the nasdaq and you go long the one that's underperforming which is Hmm.
1: the the spy okay i'm seeing the point here okay
0: so I'm not betting that one's going up or one's going down. It's a completely different type of trade where you're betting on mean reversion. You're betting that the historical correlation that both of these two underlyings have had over the past three months um, are at an extreme right now. And for whatever reason, no one knows why <laughs> they're going to converge again at some point. So
1: let me <clears throat> so let me ask you a question. So you're kind of in this case, you're kind of thinking that tech is going to kind of lose steam a little bit, right? Cause it's rocketing up so much and you're thinking, yes. and you're thinking to yourself on the other hand, the flip side, you know, the S and P is still made up of very strong companies. Some of them yes. are doing better than others, but at some point it's going to kind of get juiced up a little bit too. I mean, it's not going to just lag forever.
0: Correct.
2: Okay. <coughs> yeah. Got it.
0: So, so I, I thought it would be an exciting time to kind of learn about, uh, pairs trading and go in. I saw that, uh, one of the, uh, one of the uh I think he's like the CEO of the small exchange, Pete Momat, went in and did this trade. And then the next day, I think he did it last Wednesday, and then maybe Thursday, he layered in uh, to similar positions. So now he's got two contracts. Uh so I thought I'd follow him on that. And this is before uh you know Trump uh was diagnosed and everything. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I'm out of the trade now. And long story short, I've lost $122 doing this trade. Okay. So so I just I I'm learning here, and I just want to make sure that the listeners of our podcast don't don't think don't come away with this is a, you know, the best trade idea. But I, I'm le- I'm using this to kind of learn about pairs trade, and I guess you learn more when you lose than when you win. Sure. <laughs> so I'm I'm learning a lot, but uh, I have learned a lot. But basically, after I entered the trade, uh, the the opposite happened of what I expected. The Nasdaq continued to go up. Mm. And the spy continued to, I don't know, just stay at a, it didn't necessarily go down, but the distance between the two underlyings kept getting bigger and bigger, which is not good for my position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when, uh, when the news came out, and I'm not blaming the events or anything, uh, but when the news came out about the, uh, the diagnosis that Trump had, uh, I expected it to kind of revert. And I was like, you know not not wishing bad on anyone but i was thinking mm-hmm. wow the nasdaq's going to go down a lot and and maybe uh maybe this trade will end up being profitable cuz it started out profitable and then got probably as low as maybe 60 dollars loss and then uh you know by monday or, or uh whatever day it was i think it was was it friday morning that the market's opened after uh the diagnosis came out it just got to my stop of about, I don't know, I didn't want to lose more than $150 on this trade. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause, and so I set my stops up and watched it. And I got out when it hit that uh, threshold, unfortunately for me, by the end of the day, things kind of reversed. Had I just sort of, uh, you know, stayed in it a little longer, I probably could have made some profit off this trade, but it was just getting too, uh, too much, too much, uh, too much risk, too much loss and, uh, you know, the the risk is is potentially uh, infinity for this one. Uh, there's no it's not like an iron condor where you have a max loss. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So so I decided to uh, to close it out. And and I guess the what I learned from this was really maybe to um, I don't know, maybe have a little bit lower stop loss and maybe uh, be a little bit more uh, able to maybe go maybe go from 150 down to two hundred dollars of loss so it could have come around but i don't know that's just hindsight based on facts that i know now that i didn't know at the time wow. so kind of hit my st- stop loss and but they did eventually converge and i may uh, try to put on a similar trade again next week and and see if i if i have better uh better well, again, luck you we'll know see. we're
1: out here trying tools and test driving things right and you're you're putting more tools yes. in your toolbox to build wealth and to have passive income, right. right? And so, and so, yeah. As we talk about all the time, like you find the tools that work for you uh, at various times, and then at the other, the other, I think key lesson you kind of hear out of this again is that, you know, we're in kind of an. Uh, I would go back to it. We're in kind of a surreal time, right? A lot of things that yes. we kind of just assume might happen, um, and that's why I'm excited for you to talk a little bit about Exxon Mobil. It's such a beaten down stock. And, you know, I'm, intri- I'm intrigued by, uh, you know, this concept right now of looking for things that in five years from now are, are going to still be around or are going to come back because there's some of that going on, too. I mean, after these big events like this, stuff gets beaten down. And then five years later, when something is sort of under control and managed, you know, certain things come back. But uh, that's yeah, just great. Yeah. yeah good, good example, man.
0: Well, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll talk about Exxon in a second. It's, it's a very, uh, it's a very simple trade that I did, but, um, just to kind of finish up the, the thoughts on the, the pairs trading, I've also learned that you can do this on, on regular stocks. Like you could take a Southwest and a American mm-hmm. and sell one and buy the other. And, and you could, you could sort of see how these, uh, airlines do. And, and if you believe there may be, um, they've, they've diverged in terms of their historical correlation and sort of will come back. Uh, you can, you can do it with that. I mean, you could do it with, with, uh, O and store, yeah. which, I'm I have positions in both too, in the, in the real estate, uh, sector. So there's a lot of opportunity for these things. And the, the other kind of cool thing, even though I did lose, uh, $122 and I, you know, I I was probably up to maybe a $200 loss so the 122 actually sounded pretty nice. On Friday when I was able to get out of it, I kept moving my stop in. I was like, okay, I I'm I'm now instead of losing 175, I'm losing 150. That's the worst. And then it would go uh it would go in my uh direction even more, so I'd move my stop in more, but then it just kind of ticked up again. I I would say that the other interesting thing is that these are sort of self hedging because you have a long position and a short position and they are um, they're highly correlated, even if they may be diverging. It's not like the Nasdaq is going to plummet and spy won't. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're going to they're going to go together. So even if there's a huge 50 percent market crash, they're probably going to go together pretty closely mm-hmm. so so the the loss on one is the gain on the other it, it's just the the amount sort of exceeded my my stop and my threshold that i wanted to do and and i was okay with that so i i got out of the trade love it you want to talk about exxon yeah, real let's quick
1: do, let's do exxon and then we'll go into real estate yeah, sounds we'll
0: good yeah well exxon um it,
1: correct me if i'm wrong greg but it's
0: a uh dividend aristocrat right it is, Exxon? It's,
1: and and the the big talk right now is if they're going to continue to uh, keep their dividend going and you know at the at the level that it's at. Um, uh-huh. I I think Exxon is is a, a valid investment to look at right now for folks. To be honest, like a a good long I think term. So I think in there's a chance that in five years, uh, you know three you know three years, two years, whatever, we can look back and go, man, I sure wish I picked up some Exxon. <laughs> so. I, <laughs>
0: How do you th- how do you think it's going to do in 47 days? Because <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> 47 days. Well,
1: share what you're going to do. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I've already done this. Actually, I'm just kind of kidding with you. I mean, we talk a lot on our uh, Discord about uh, different stocks, and you actually recommended Exxon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember a few yeah. weeks ago, a- and. uh yeah. So it's just kind of when, when we talk about stocks there, they sort of rattle around in my head and I look at them and I'm sort of more uh, open to, uh, to looking at them. And I had run a search. There was another gentleman that I, I met on discord that I was talking with about, uh, he was wanting to get his uh, sister into cash secured puts, which is basically selling a put collecting premium. Ah. And as long as the stock doesn't go below the uh, strike price, you make a profit basically by the expiration date. And you can cut that off, you know, 21 days to expiration, take 50% or, or close it, do whatever you please. He was looking for ones that were $20 or lower just to kind of get her started in uh, trying selling options. So I ran a query on Finviz and, and um, you know, XOM is more than $20, but he was going into that. And, you know, we sort of looked at it. We looked at the implied volatility rank, uh, which is 34, which is nice. Yeah, it, it gives you a, a nice uh, little bit of extra juice and premium. So basically, all I did was w- a very simple transaction. I sold the thirty-dollar put on November twentieth, um, and I collected a premium of a buck twenty, right into my mm-hmm. account. Just deposit deposited right there. So all I'm doing now is waiting it out and probably October 30th or earlier if I hit uh sixty dollars uh I will roll it or get out of it depending on uh what I want to do how I feel at that point take in the time. money I
2: love it
0: yeah take the money take the money and run so I'm not gonna get dividends uh because I'm an options holder at this point although if it does go below thirty and I get assigned then you know it'd be the beginning of me uh being a long term
1: by and I don't think this. you could lose either way on that one, All right? Ripley,
0: yeah. So, yeah. So. Uh, I know. Uh, d- yeah. So earnings are at the end of October, actually. And earnings are at the end of October. So I may close it out before that and then do it again, maybe do a strangle or something. Cause IV rank will probably die down a little bit in early October and then go back up late October. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, maybe in uh, one of my other accounts, I'll look at going longer. And then I mean, oil and XLE, which is an ETF of all the uh, energy. They're sort of at rock bottom right now. And it looks like maybe now's a good time to, to think about energy longer yeah. term. Is the, the market, as they say, all the pundits are saying, oh, we're going from, uh, from growth into value right now. And this is a good mean, place the way to be. I see energy so, energy
1: at the end of the day is the world's going to need it all. That's really how I see it. I'm, I, you know, and, and I get it. I get the whole thing to alternative energy. I'm a big fan of it. I, I, I invest in Next Era Energy and a couple of other things. I mean, Tesla is kind of an alternative energy play, et cetera. Um, but at the end yeah. of the day, you've got we've got seven plus billion people on the planet. You have billions of people in the emerging markets and in the emerging world, right? The developing world. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you're not going to yeah. be able to power them all on solar. You can power a lot of them on it. And I, and that's an awesome way to go, but the, you know, oil products are going to be needed for a lot of things. I mean, and that's the way I look at it. I mean, you know, if we're talking 50 years from now, I mean, nobody knows. I mean, I, I don't know. We're going to meet on planet Mars or something, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, if, if you're talking about, a, you know, investing for the next five or 10 years or 15 years, I just, I don't see oil going away. Um, so anyway, that, that's just, yeah. you know, a pure investment point of view. Um, so speaking of traditional things, should we talk about real estate? Jerry knows I'm a big real estate guy, a lot of interest in it. Um, but I guess the first thing I wanted to lay out for the audience and then talk with you a little bit about about Jerry is why real estate, right? Why, why make it, why, you know, why, why have it? as as part of your portfolio before I go into the many ways because typically probably people think Mm -hmm. oh real estate I have to become a landlord or I have to do this well not necessarily there's a lot of ways to gain exposure to real estate as an asset class that don't involve being a landlord being landlord is one route right Um, but you're you're Mm -hmm. you own a home uh, you have equity in it Um, that that equity and the fact that you own that home, number one, it is a consumable, right? Your family is enjoying that consumable at the moment, right? It's yes. Yes. You know, it's protecting right. your health. It's protecting your safety. It's helping you raise a family. All those things. But at the end of the day, it's also going to, over time, give you options. It's going to give you time options in terms of leverage. You're gonna you could use that equity for other things if you want to. Um, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. also going to give you options in terms of one day theoretically you will pay that note off. You will own an asset free and clear mm-hmm. that helps you control your expenses, right? A big part of fire. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I guess I would just say why real estate? I mean, it's a timeless asset. They're not making much more of it. <laughs> um, one thing <laughs> I'll say, and you know, I think you'll appreciate this Jerry is that um, I have actually kind of enjoyed one thing about this pandemic is that I haven't enjoyed the pandemic at all, but um, I have found that the suburbs are a little sexier these days, and I'm a suburb guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's nice to be able to own your own home, single-family home. It's not You don't have to go through an elevator, uh, you know, and press buttons um, and, you know, have to Purell yourself <laughs> off afterwards.
1: Yeah. Right? Ba- right? Uh, backyard space. Right. We're lucky, um, yeah. Backyard, backyard People are space looking for extra rooms for to make offices, right? And and rooms, rooms for, the for, for the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast <laughs> when we did the chickens. Remember that? Okay, <laughs> right. okay, that was part of our yes. fire movement. Um, but anyway, back to why real estate. Everybody knows that there's tax benefits, so look into that. Um, but a couple, the two main things I'll talk about. Number one, more control a piece of property like your house that we're talking about or a piece of property. I, so I, I have my house and I also have an investment investment property, but I can do things to, I can have control of those properties. I can do things to improve them. I can add value to them in a way that I can't, I love the stock market. So don't get me wrong. I am hundred percent into the stock market and bonds, but um, I can't do much, you know, neither of us can do much to add value to a particular stock, right? I I can't. I mean, mm-hmm. they, I can own Tesla stock. I can go buy a Tesla, but beyond those two things, I have no control over what that company does. <laughs> I'm just right,
0: right. But you could put a new roof on your house or uh, upgrade the AC if you needed add, to, a, add, or, a, a, or a uh, paint it. it.
1: Right. Add an accessory. Right. So there's some kind of control there. So. So at the end of the day, I guess what I'll say is this, and we can kind of go through each one and talk about the pros and cons, but there's so many ways to, you know, invest in real estate. And so number one, I mean, I'm a big fan. I don't know how you feel about this, Jerry, but like I'm a big fan of anybody who wants to take control of their financial future. I really think should own a home. I mean, I don't know if you agree or don't, or I mean,
0: I'm trying to think of a, of a con like, uh, but I can't. I mean, it seems, it seems pretty straightforward. You, you definitely over time, uh, you know, housing values appreciate and you can do things to them for this, for all the reasons you were talking about. You can add solar, you can build a granny flat in your backyard, whatever. Um, so I couldn't see a reason not to, I mean, unless you know, you just don't have enough for the down payment. That's, I mean, you've got to save for that and get the mortgage, get approved and all that. But yeah, definitely. I would, uh, I would think it's something you can afford that you can manage uh, and your financial future will be. uh,
1: And, you know, obviously like anything, like any investment, right. We talk about, I'm not saying be stupid about it, right. Because there's, there's better places to invest than others. There's better places to own a home than others. And so, Um, you know, know the market, know what you're getting into, know that you can afford not only the mortgage and the taxes, but all of the maintenance people, I think people tend to underestimate all the expenses that come with a home. So like, I'm, I am a big fan of owning something that is that you can afford and is reasonable. I think we all, um, at times are like, Hey, I could stretch further, right? I could do that bigger mortgage. I could do that bigger, you know, that bigger house or this or that. But I would just say be careful about that because, there, you know, obviously a lot of us like Gen Xers like you and I, right, we lived through the housing crash. People totally overdid it, mm-hmm. um, you know, right. No no yeah. down payment, no skin in the game. Pro, pro, you know, prices were going <laughs> insane for no reason. At least, right now, you know, at least right now right. with prices, because, you know, single family homes have been shooting up in this country since the pandemic in terms of price. But at least there's a reason. It's because people want to live because our whole lives now are on like one piece of property for most of the time. So they really want to live in like a nice single family home in the suburbs. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know. So there, there's a lot we can, I mean, I'm not going to go into too much detail on each one of these. This will just be a primer because we could talk about some of these things for, for a long time. But the second thing I'll talk about, and this is one thing that Jerry and I do a lot of, and I'm a big fan of them. So REITs, so real estate investment trusts, what's the deal. They were invented around the, uh, don't quote me, but I think around the late 60s, early 70s, right? It was something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was Eisenhower. But anyway, the bottom line is it's, it basically gave, they trade like stocks and it gives access to big development companies to, you know, um, to uh, common uh, shareholders like us, where we can invest in these companies that go out and own a bunch of different properties and make money off of them. And one of the rules is that the REIT has to return 90% of its profits back to the shareholders. So these are known for their dividends. So if you're a dividend investor like I am and like you are, too, in a lot of ways, Jerry, like, you know, they're 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 really cool. So obviously, yeah, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Realty Income store. There's another one called Prologis that I really like. That's an industrial. Um, now, this is another play out there. I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but... Some of these, as we know, you know, real estate has been highly impacted by COVID. There's been the good side and the bad side, right? Like, so the price of our houses went up, but places like shopping malls and restaurant REITs and hotels, they've been devastated, right? Right. So,
0: (laughs) right, right. um, Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the, the relative performance and I don't know if they account for dividends or not, but, um, well, like this past week, real estate sector did really well, um, and uh, sorry, the pa- on Friday it did well with the and and the last week it did well. But if you look over a year or so, at least this year, twenty twenty, or you know, three month, it's it's not as uh, high as I mean, over uh, over a one year relative performance compared to all the other sectors, it's it's down about I don't know. I want to say like ten percent or or ten point five nine. I mean, it's been, uh, it sure been scale slammed. is to be I mean, any,
1: Anything that involved a lot of people coming together, right. Has been mm-hmm. slammed. I mean, so, uh-huh. so it totally yeah. makes sense. And so this is another one of those where like, I, I step back and I look at it and I go, and I haven't done a lot of moves like this. I continue to sort of buy, you know, into O and in store, but um, I look at these and I'm like, man, am I going to look back five years from now and go, gosh, I, I should have brought bought, you know, Simon properties, which owns a lot of high end malls, you know, um, you know, and and yeah. for any prudent investor, that might be a really good play right now. Um, there's, of course, the ones that are COVID proof. And that's why I mentioned like Prologis. Um, that's an industrial REIT in um, some and you can look for them. You can find some that are totally COVID proof. Um, but I just think it's a really neat way to invest. And again, you capture some of that value um, that's in real estate. And one reason I'll mention this too: one reason I'm not worried about real estate in the long run is that number one. It's just like people talk about with Bitcoin and gold they're not making any more real estate or they're or they're making very little of it It's a finite thing, finite amount but at the end of the day, the real estate that's out there can be reimagined right and I just I heard an interesting article this week that our uh show that I wanted to share with you they they had this whole show on reimagining like office spaces because obviously that'd be another one. If you owned an office space reIT and no one goes to an office anymore, again, you got slammed right. Uh, but i heard a whole yeah, podcast yeah. our our show on um how office space is being reimagined as like like they're 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 opening it up into like uh uh areas where they can do like industrial cooking you know where it's all safe and like compartmentalized or like parts of it are like um compartmentalized like dining experiences right where it's it's, it's just your party and like a, you know in in a room that's safe yeah. you know uh, yeah. I mean, so you can yeah, reimagine yeah. anything with real estate like you can you can rebuild it. So just another...
0: <laughs> I've heard a, uh, a very interesting article, too, that I saw that um, a lot of people are starting to think that uh, warehouses are going to be the next big real estate play uh, rather than people going shopping to malls. They're just going to order off Amazon or whatever uh, e-commerce site they choose. And these warehouses all over the country, all over the world actually have to need tons of uh, square cubic floor space, 3D wow. up and down, you know, to store all this stuff. So there are REITs now, I believe, that uh, focus on uh, large warehouses because they a lot of people believe that's going to be where uh, – you know, I mean, where they're going a, in the future that is such a so great that's example. to think about you as well, have
1: this piece of property, that's like an empty mall, right? No one's going to go there anymore. But why, why couldn't they turn that into warehouses that ship all your Amazon stuff to you? I mean, yeah, that God, that is such yes. a great example. Yeah, I mean, so the that I guess the la- the last thing I'll mention, because I know we're our show, our shows, we have so much fun, our shows go quick, and we try to keep them like, we try to keep our shows. We don't want our shows to be boring to our audience. We want to be like action-packed and like give people great. We want to give people good information. Um, you know, but the, the last yeah. thing I'll mention is obviously physical investment in properties, you know, you can own, you know, if you actually become the owner of, you know, renting out single family homes, fourplexes, multifamily buildings, all that. So yeah. I'll say, I'll say this about it. Great long term, what I found really hard to get into. <laughs> okay, you need you need big down payments, you need a lot of time. Um, you need a lot of negotiating skills. You need a team of people. Not easy to do. Um, I I would say, um, again, be smart about it. Um, have have a kind of a team set up. And I don't mean a team that like comes and meets at your house every day. But I mean, you need to have, you know, a realtor on your side. You need to have definitely if you're not that handy, you got to have a uh, list of handy, you know, of handy. <laughs> <men> because, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Which guilty. Is fine. You know, guilty. You know, right? you can hire anything out. You don't have to be handy to get into it. Um, but, you know, th- th- and we can go into like a show where we talk about um, the details of this because it is actually very interesting. But there, you know what I mean? But there's some great tax advantages long term. Uh, you know, you're, you're getting you're you're building basically a cash flow of a passive income cash flow machine, right? Which, which is very cool. Um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but it's definitely going to come yeah. with its issues. Uh, you're going to have, you're going to have years where you're spending a bunch of money on capital improvements. Um, you're going to have times when you have difficult, you're dealing with people, you're going to have difficult tenants at some.
0: Point. <laughs> what are the, what are the three T's again? Toilets, oh, tenants, oh, and that, toddlers. Yeah,
1: that, I love it. I actually have that on the top of my tongue. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and perfect in your right um, you know you, you you did there's a lot to manage there and i've got a lot of, what
0: reits don't have that Reets,
1: you don't get you don't get calls for clogged toilets the you, REIT, you, can right? buy, you can buy reits that invest in multifamily housing if you think the future is multifamily housing for whatever reasons there's such a housing crunch there's going to be for you know for probably a decade or more um yeah, multifamily REITs, and you're not going to have all these problems. Now, you're not going to make as much, right? You're not going to have the potential for as much profit. Um, I would just say, again, if you're going to do the physical investment thing, you've really got to think long term. And I mean, you got to think 10, 20, 30 years. Um, A lot of the real estate investors that that do that, they they can do very well. But you find that they start to do really well, like, honestly, like 20 years into it. You know what I mean? Mm, um, you know, mm, that's when they yeah, do really well. Yeah. Um, because you know, not many people have a, a million bucks lying around to go buy a building, right? <laughs> right. Right. Anyway. Yeah I'll, uh, yeah. I'll end it at that. Hopefully, that's a I good wish. little um, overview on uh, on real estate. <clears> so
0: yeah it was. I mean, I sort of think when you when you brought up real estate, I was thinking of the third one the uh you know buying a duplex or a house and renting it out and that's that was kind of the only way to uh to make money off real estate. but you've kind of talked about uh, your own home, you've talked about reITs um, and then obviously yeah there's the the tenant landlord thing How, how does uh sunrise? fit into something like this. Can you make money off real estate? Oh yeah, go oh, like fundrise. fundrise fundrise.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Fun, you brought fundrise. That up Thank you. Um, yes, that's one that I that I failed to mention. So fundrise is basically uh I am an investor in fundrise. Um not much. I dabble a little bit, but uh they're a crowdsourcing um uh you know it's it's I would I would so here's the deal I actually, after trying it, I'll be honest, because we always are on our show about the investments we do. I like it. I've made good returns, but I think I would go to a REIT instead. Um, It's been, it's been fine. Um, It it does, the way it is set up, it doesn't let me take the money out as quick, which is probably a good thing. I mean, it makes me kind of just stick with it. Yeah, 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 like a retirement That's what I account. Think of with Fundrise, um, I love the, the the platform is totally fun. Um, they they basically bank it or they call it l- like an e-reit, um, but it's it's basically crowdsourcing. So uh-huh. whereas like when I when you invest when you and I invest in O and Store, right? They're not they're not connecting with us as investors and telling us like oh you know, today, Oh, um, acquired a new seven 11 property, you know, cause they own a lot of seven 11s or, you know, store owns a lot of, um, mm-hmm. uh, what are they, they own a lot of those, like, uh, the Bass Pro Shops, because they're single tenant operational real estate, uh-huh. they don't, they don't contact you and say like, Hey, guess yep. what? You know, your money was, was used to create the new Bass Pro Shop in Phoenix, Arizona. Where, Yeah, whereas Fundrise, they take your money and they say, hey, by the way, you know, we just used that money to put up a new multifamily, uh, uh, you know, 20 unit building in L.A. And then they talk about what they think your return is going to be on that particular property. And they're like, oh, you know, we think you're going to make a 14 percent return, uh, you know, over the next couple of years. Um, so it's so it, that's fun. I mean, if you want to, you know, think of it that way. So there's kind of a yeah. factor. Yeah. That's
0: cool. I mean, it's it's just doesn't sound as liquid, but then neither is uh, buying a house and, and uh, or, or renting some if, if you just decide to cash out.
1: That's, that's well, a year that's a great or six point. month I project. Mean, what, a right? good, what a great like sort of like just position, like, again, you know, um, comparison to options, I mean, or to like active investing. Like, yeah, like, you know, you and I love I think in a way I do and I think you do like you love the liquidity you get from Tasty Trade or Robinhood. Hood. I do. I love the concept that tomorrow morning yeah. I could wake up and sell a bunch of stock if I want to. And like, mm-hmm. and like, you know, one or two days later mm-hmm. I can put that money in my bank account.
0: <laughs> Liquidity is king. That's what so the, they keep anybody saying. Anybody who's that's going into mantra. real estate
1: investing, if it's not a REIT, I mean, yeah, you got to think to yourself, this is a long-term thing. Like you, you know, so that's, that's where, that's where I'm at. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Got yeah. it. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, thank and you for putting all that together. The good, time just goes so uh, fast, Jerry. Good intro. I, enjoy,
1: I, enjoy hang, I enjoy talking with you. I miss seeing you. I miss hanging out with you. You're a swell guy and you're a friend. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks.
0: We'll, so we'll have to do this in person days, one of these and, times.
1: Uh, I'm, I, I want to wish our audience all the best in health and safety. And I, I know this is a hard time for our country. We're going through a crazy political season, which we all kind of anticipated. But um, I truly hope that um, everybody keeps mm-hmm. their cooler heads because cooler heads will prevail. We are going to be fine. Don't you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I do. We're going to be fine. We're going to get yeah. through this.
1: Our country's faced a lot of things. And so we're doing this and we're going to get through it. All right. Hey, welcome everybody to the Money Vikings podcast. Uh, podcast number 13. 13 jerry nice. and bob how you guys doing Yes, i am doing great good. i am doing great uh, yeah good to hear phenomenal. your voices I, I love both of you guys very much oh i feel it i You're feel it such awesome brothers am <laughs> I? um it. it's true it's true brother hey, from another uh, mother <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. hey we got a great show everybody we are going to be talking about a couple of really cool things uh, we are talking about uh, putting your investment strategy on an index card. I am really a big fan of this kind of stuff, of like really boiling down complicated things and having a guiding light. And then we are going to talk about exchange-traded funds versus stocks, uh, with a particular focus, Jerry, on ARK Innovation ETF and Triple Q, two that we admire and uh, watch quite a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah that's gonna be a good uh, discussion I'm looking forward
1: to it. I love it so you guys doing well
0: yeah you know I was uh kind of sad this week uh, about Edward van Halen passing away He's one of my oh yeah favorite all time rock and roll guitarists and uh, I don't know if you saw a few tweets i I had in his memory uh, I even talked to a a market watch guy uh market watch review about the 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 earnings next week and all the events next week but it was sort of peppered with all kinds of van halen uh song names in the (laughs) finance news i was reading it like wow this is kind of (laughs) cool
2: yeah i love it
0: he got i wrote it i saw (laughs) that
1: that was cool that was that was awesome yeah i mean it's yeah, we, I mean, Bob and I, like, Bob and I grew up with those songs. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. dad was listening to them all the time. Nice. We used to hop nice. in that
2: in his truck, and, and we'd, we'd roll out, and and we'd fly in RC airplanes, or we'd go out to the desert or Sweet. something, and, and pop in that, that, that cassette tape. And, uh yeah. Great
1: great memories. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great memories. Music does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, it, you know, let's, it's, it's it, it, I mean... We we I you know we need to maybe we need to start splicing music into our show like I end, was thinking about you
0: know, it I was feeling. I was listening to some Van Halen in there I was listening to some Van Halen right before you uh you know you said I need a little more time so whatever I started cranking some Van Halen just to kind of get psyched up <laughs> for today Yeah I love it could be some good intro music <laughs> I
2: love it
1: Well Hey, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about something here. I don't know if you guys had a lot of time to think about this, but uh, putting your investment strategy on an index card. Uh, do you want me to read mine? Sure. Okay. So here it goes, guys. I tried to boil down my investment strategy on an index <laughs> card. Uh, number one, uh, buy assets, limit liabilities. So just trying to keep that as a guiding light. You know, like, like anytime you buy a stock or invest in stocks, you're investing in an asset. Hopefully that's an appreciating asset, mm-hmm. but you're right. But at least there's an opportunity with that asset uh, to grow over time versus a lot of folks that spend their whole life, right. Loading up on the liabilities.
0: Well, there's a new iPhone coming yeah. out next week and I kind of want that. So would that, yeah. would that be five, a-
2: five of them?
1: Five G.
0: Yeah. <laughs> would that be a depreciating asset?
1: that i i would say it is but I, the only thing i would say is number 1 you are an apple investor <laughs> as well and it's a tool just saying right sure it's a tool yeah. that, that adds value right right so that's a, that's a really good um that's a really good question that's a take on it yeah i mean typically they say assets are things that put money in your pocket
0: mm-hmm.
1: whereas a liability is sucking it out of your pocket every month
0: yeah I mean, I'm thinking like cars are a famous kind of
1: liability and you
0: got the monthly payments and the depreciation and all that stuff, right?
2: Yeah. I, but I think here's, here's my argument to it though, is like, I think Jerry's a good point is the iPhone. Yes, you're right. It's, it's not, it's not a necessity, but the iPhone has come so far in the advancements with cell phone technology where it can be used as a tool to access information quickly Communication quickly and a, a slew of other things you can do. And on top of that, play games while you're doing it. You're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I love it. I mean, okay, so okay, how about this, guys? Buy enough Apple stock that the dividends pay for the iPhone. <laughs> there you
2: last, go. Done. Classic move. Done. There you go. Okay. H-
1: have your cake and eat it to your Net
2: zero. Well, just net zero. We're good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Second thing I put on my uh index card here. Uh, diversify into asset classes that represent future trends. So, I think you know you guys are definitely like the techiest guys I know. And so, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, question mark? <laughs> but you guys are always, but you're always like thinking about what the next. Kind of like, no, I mean, I mean that Jerry, Bob, you guys have both introduced, you guys both introduced me to a lot of tech over the years. And so yeah. um, I'm always like into that because you're seeing where the trends are going. And really that's made a big difference in terms of investing in this pandemic. I mean, seeing all, you know, Do- DocuSign, Zoom, Go- you know, Apple, Google, Microsoft, right? hmm so, yeah, Cloud.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- they're saying during the, the pandemic, it's really kind of brought us forward a few years in terms of Kramer calls them the cloud kings, you know, all those folks that, uh, y- y- you know, we, now that we're not traveling and, and so we're having uh, meetings online and all that stuff, Zoom and signing documents and refinancing, all that stuff is now going electronic. And this is just making that stuff uh, move faster in that direction. So, yeah, I totally agree with, yeah. with the technology. Uh, aspect so, of it.
1: Just throwing it out there. I, yeah. I used DocuSign yesterday. It was amazing. I'm not an investor in DocuSign. I Me you neither. Know Me neither. Like, Teladoc, yeah. too.
0: That's like another one that oh, probably man. a whole bunch of ones. What a was... shoulda coulda. So
1: I know, right? You can't do it all. But we're going to talk in a minute about ETFs <laughs> yes. that would have given you exposure to those great things, right? Okay. So, things. Uh, I, I generally I'll, So I generally follow a sleep at night portfolio you know, people can go onto our website and and check that out and what that's like. Um, And I guess the other thing I write here is balance the present and the future, right? You can't always, you can't always live for the future in terms of investing. You've got to enjoy the present with some of your resources and you got to balance it with investing for the future. So I don't know. That's, that was my index card guys.
0: Nice. Nice. I Uh, I like it. It's simple. I like your style. It's simple. It's yeah. It's easy to follow. Um, and it works for, uh, for you, which is most important. Yep. Yeah.
2: So Bob, what um, you got? My, I'm, mine's very basic. It's very basic. Um, so my first big thing, uh, it's, is maximize, uh, your money and profitability with minimizing your exposures. So that plays a lot into kind of how I like to play with the options, um, uh, yeah, it, 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 I got the bug as soon as I got exposed to the auction. And I know sometimes it can, it's bitten me a little bit, yeah. um, but there's a lot of play there. And I figure it's, I'd like to think I'm still young. And while I'm still <laughs> young, I can I can be a little riskier. Yeah. Um, but I also know that I need to pepper it a little bit and, and pad a little bit with, with the kind of long-term investments. Mm-hmm. Um. Some the other thing is, or next thing is what Greg kind of touched on was, um, looking towards the future. So, um, what what is what is our world going to look like five, ten years down the road? Right, autonomy, reality, augmented reality, um, space, five G, globalization. so, the, so try to find those next up and coming things like, you know, most recent thing is, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys know off the top of your head, the, the Nobel prize winners that had to do a stem cell research, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. Th- these are future things, right? Um, they're coming, they're coming. <laughs> right. Uh, next thing is it was uh, try to find the acquisitions before they occur. Um, so, over the, over the past couple of years, I've been able to start to try to put pieces of the puzzle together. And, and, you know, going back to a few of our few episodes ago where we talked about due diligence, right. Is when we start looking at companies that are doing things like Apple or Tesla, like the the big Mm -hmm. names, um, when there's the kind of keeping your your ears to the track on something that's going to come up or, or get released or exposed, um, what does it take to make that who are the partners involved to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Right. So when you have Tesla, uh, on battery day talking about the, um, uh, uh, the, like the lithium it, the, mining the, that they're going to do the lithium ion. Yeah. Lithium ion iron and, and the, the way they're making batteries. Um, I'm starting to think about mineral mining. Okay. They're going to want to have mineral plants local, they're not going to want to have to ship that overseas. So that's where I started looking at like NAK, um, you know, other uh, stocks out there that are. I've got some Abramor. That are actual Abramor. That's
0: uh, mm-hmm. I've had that on and off for the past few mm-hmm. years. Yep.
2: So and that's that's the thing is you, you want to find these stocks where there is a potential for them to be acquired um, or to really heavily be now leaned on for the resource for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, so three little things, uh, maybe they're big things. I don't no, know. Those are those are great, Bob. Yeah. And, on, yeah. and,
1: and to add to your third one, like I've been doing more research and you're, you're like really
2: making me more of a Tesla bull as time goes on. Oh, right? Love it. Really? I love it. Been, yeah. You just... got to understand Tesla is not an automotive company. <laughs> I know they are and I've got FF a whole company, company. Right. thing to
1: talk with you guys about when we go into the arc um, right. ETF. Yeah. Ooh. That's good. Exciting. Oh, yeah. What you got here? Exciting.
2: Yep.
0: Well, uh, as I scribbled down my homework assignment while you guys were talking, I <laughs> I came up with
1: he wrote he wrote he wrote he wrote might as well. The <laughs> I did it. I did it. <laughs>
0: Love no, it. No, I I don't have any simple sort of uh, you know index card rules. It's I, I, as I was I, I really did try Greg to uh, to you know come up with a good. Uh, index card for this assignment here but um at the end of the day i I feel like i'm personally a schizophrenic trader and i want to copyright that and maybe register the domain name and maybe start a whole podcast on the whole topic because that's great i've got i've got sort of two there's two me's the trades one is a investing and maybe that was kind of the spirit of the assignment was kind of the what is your investing um philosophy and then there's also the the trading and I think the trading and the investing are a little bit different and I often struggle this is my struggle uh of you know what's what do I buy and hold long term and and what am I trading and what am I s- buying and selling options on and and in messing with futures for so it's 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 challenging but I think if I could uh kind of break them up a little bit I think for for trading uh I like the the tasty trade mantra of trade small trade often the idea yes. is that you you put your eggs in a lot of different baskets. You know, you look at uh, how the futures markets divided up. You've got your equities, your agriculture, your bonds, your metals, your foreign exchange, your energy, try and do some trades in all of those different things. So if metals tank, maybe agriculture is doing better. If the dollar goes you know, south, then, you know, maybe commodities go up. I don't know. So it, in my trading, I'm trying to kind of instrument my portfolio that sort of mirrors uh, a myriad of different types of asset classes, so I don't have any one type of exposure in in one. And it's still a work in progress. I'm not there yet. I'm probably pretty heavy equities, but I am trying to get more into some of the uh, the non-equity asset classes. Um, mm. You know, I'm making some trades on bonds. I'm I'm, I'm betting mm. that the 10-year bond rate uh, will go up, and the bond itself, the cost of the bond, will go will go down things like that I'm, I'm long gold but i am doing a uh a short-term trade that uh thinks maybe metals are a little bit high and might go down so there's the short-term view medium term long term that's in kind of the trading in the investing which is much longer term i kind of like what greg has been highlighting um i think you had a book you loaned me the automatic millionaire that i gave back right we can't. Yeah, <laughs> you always do. You're amazing. Yeah. We have you're that amazing. on tape. Yes. Every
2: every every episode, every episode, can you just mention that one? Just mention that. <laughs> I, I will. You're I amazing. You're... <laughs> no one
1: does that except Jerry. <laughs> you're a good man, sir. So,
0: I'm I mean it's it's pretty much like the common sense um you know, no brainer type thinking of you know every month you invest in your four hundred one k you sock a little money away and uh in a nice dividend paying index fund you don't think too much about it and I've gone to the point now where I'm not even really looking at my four hundred one k every day uh, which I which I sort of never did growing you know in my twenties and thirties I never looked at it I just turned it on and sort of set and forget uh, which was Worked out really well for me because like 2008, I didn't even look at it, didn't even realize, you know, how much I lost and gained back later, (laughs) all that. So that was kind of a blessing. Um, But now that I'm looking at things every day, um, it sort of takes a little bit more thinking to like, okay, let's block out the 401k. Let's maybe not think about that so much. Just do what it's doing. And and you've made your decisions of how you want to allocate things, Uh, you know, like the 60 40 type thing. And, and, and maybe that's, maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. Maybe I need to be more heavy equities. I don't know. But uh, so kind of to summarize here, sorry, I've kind of monopolized a lot of this time for the no, index. No, card. you're blowing our mind. I love it. I love <laughs> but, it. But really? on the great. trader side, it's like trade small trade often, and, and diversify. And then on the, the investing side, it's just kind of buy and hold. It's just, I, I learned after kind of getting into trading, I don't only want to do buy and hold. I, I often call it buy and pray. It's just you know you mm-hmm. put money and mm-hmm. you, you hope you hope nothing happens throughout your lifetime that uh, is going to ruin all your you know all your uh, mm-hmm. your your gains. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, well, I
2: mean it's I mean I I, I like what Jerry has going on because the thing is it's it's it, it's to the true form of it of just being managers of risk. Right, it, we're we're just managers of risk. Yes, and I think um, when you can start observing and seeing the writing on the wall with things that um, it helps you play that game. And maybe even there, there's a larger conversation here, but um, when does life ever go as you're <laughs> planned it yeah. as, as you've laid it out on your card? Right. And right. when does life ever go that way? And so I think it sometimes um, we just need to be fluid and dynamic and just um, play with, don't play against the market, right. You play with it and um, you know, be be, uh, be a good person in the sandbox.
1: you know Bobby, I think you're nailing it and I think you guys yeah, this is really awesome because you know they I think the two different strategies and having them separated from each other and Bob, you do the same thing right because mm-hmm. you have your 401k. yeah I, I think having the two separated actually creates a kind of insurance policy for both
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: you know because if, if, if one goes really well, great, okay and then I mean hopefully they'll both go really well you know yeah. and you'll get good returns. But if one doesn't and it turns south, you're going to have something else to, to, to fall back on. So now yeah. you guys, yeah, that's great. I am curious. That's cool. yeah, I want to yeah. say that
2: I'm, I am curious, though, about um, are you betting against bonds then? Because because with the Fed and the, um, you know, with what's going on with the Fed right now and, and the interest rate, bonds are going to suffer. Well. So, I mean, bonds
1: are a whole we should do a whole show on Yeah, it should be a whole show on bond. Sorry. <laughs> bonds. Sorry. Bonds are a whole of no, bonds are
0: I'm glad you, you asked. Know, bonds
1: are a lo- are a loan. You're lo- you're loaning out your money right. to a company or municipality or government and then they're promising to pay you back and hopefully nothing goes wrong. Um they're typically more more secure. But yeah, then there's betting on the um on the treasury uh yields. Um, we should do a whole show on bonds, guys. We should.
0: Sure, sure. But uh, no, just to sum up though, it's a contrarian view that I have, and it's specific to the ten-year note, uh, and that okay. right now, right the second, is trading one hundred thirty-eight dollars and eighty-nine cents, and the I, right now it's pretty much at its high, and the bond I am betting is going to go lower. Uh, and yeah. and that's because at the same time it's a contrarian bet that I'm thinking yields are going to go up for that particular bond. Yeah, for that okay. particular instrument. Yeah, yields yeah, up gotcha. and bond down uh, over the next few weeks. I don't know. I could be right. I could be wrong. But that's w- with that particular one. I'm I'm uh, I'm following some of the uh, the great ones <laughs> and yeah. see how see how it
1: works out. Because
2: because remember we don't give investing advice. We do show. not. Yeah, we do no, not. We sure, we don't. Okay, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, you know what? But seriously, Bob, that's that's a good. I let, I do want to do a show on bonds. Like let's okay. let's plan on that because I think that'd be really yeah, interesting for I folks. Um, hey, listen. So on. Okay. So shifting gears here. So ARC Innovation ETF versus Triple Q versus buying individual. Um, uh, technology stocks. Do you want to kick it off, Jerry, or do you want me to? Do uh, it?
0: Sure, I'd be happy to. So I looked. I looked at the makeup of ARC and I looked at the makeup of the Triple Qs, QQQ, Q, Q, and I looked at the um, the performance, the relative performance of each of them, uh, going back to November 2019. So basically, a year ago, and ARC, man, it's it's such a big difference. ARC is up uh, 133% and the queues are up 44%, which are both great numbers. Wow. I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd be yeah. so happy to right, have right. 44% return. Uh, <laughs> if I just put all my money in the queues and, and walked away this year with, uh, with that kind of return, <clears throat> but art just, just seems amazing. And it's so tempting. I was, so I had to look at it and, you know, of course it's got, Tesla and Roku and all the kind of cool kids that, uh, you know, the high-flying sort of right. uh, tech stocks, cloud stocks that, uh, you know, uh, Slack is in there. Uh, square. Yeah. S- square, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's it looks like a great vehicle. But my only concern, like having discovered this now is, wow, is it a little bit too late to maybe get in at this point?
1: well art yeah and i hear you saying arc is arc in particular is trying to be disruptive so i'll give you an example so i watched a couple interviews with their ceo kathy wood and others and they're they're really impressive interviews um but for example this is the way they talked about tesla that got me really thinking like bob as as a tesla bull this is how they look at a company i'll just give an example they're like okay they're like okay this is how disruptive tesla could be feature complete autopilot by the end of 2020 2021 beginning of 2021 they're saying the future is electric jerry you already knew that (laughs) um they they basically tesla you know and arc has invested in tesla they they're going to totally beat out um other traditional car companies because tesla is all about software engineers whereas the other guys are hardware engineers they're like it's all software over the air updates tesla battery technology it's they said it's really an artificial intelligence project it's collecting data they said yeah. they're gonna. They're, they're probably gonna grow gross margins of twenty percent. Will probably go to eighty percent gross margins over the next couple of years. Yeah. Um. So, so those are the kinds of companies they're looking at. I just want to throw that out there as an example.
2: I, I another thing I would say about Arc is the, what you have to look at. So they have. So right now they're they're mid growth, right? Their their portfolio is a mid growth portfolio, and they only have forty nine uh, companies that they're investing in foreign holdings. Whereas if you look over QQQ, they have over a hundred. So when they've spread that out, their portfolio out to a large spectrum like that, they have, I feel much more of a risk of having some big losers that weigh down the big winners. And mm-hmm. so that's where, when speaking to that point of being disruptive or arc is heavy on, on the disruptors and they made some really good choices that, they have less stocks that have the ability of really weighing them down. And, they've, and they, they've actually globalized more, too, because QQQ is super heavy in the United States. Go America, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And where you have, um, even though Arc is, is, is up there, they're over three quarters, but they've also globalized. And they've, they've picked these other markets that can do really well. Um, so I think I, personally, I know Arc is, is a little younger than QQQ, but I think they've done it right. And I think they are going to be a big hitter in these, in these coming years over QQQ. And I see them surpassing QQQ in price, price per share.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty, uh.
2: Bold statement. That's a pretty bold (laughs) guy. Hey, pull pull this recording up three years from now, and you'll. (laughs) You know, one thing,
1: Jerry. Yeah, when you know when we were planning this, um, you brought up a really good point, and I I, it really made me think. And it was like, well, you know, these are both obviously great funds, and people have to decide, and we all have to decide if we're going to invest in them or not. And we and we think they're going to do well. They probably will both probably my guess is they'll both do pretty well over the next, you know, into the future. But anyways, you were asking the question of, of why not just buy some of those individual stocks, you know, because whereas, you know, an ETF Mm -hmm. is a collection of stocks, you know, usually in a certain sector Mm -hmm. and the ETF itself trades like a stock on the exchange. uh, Typically the ETFs are considered safer than buying right an individual stock because you, you, again, you have that kind of built in diversification. So like if you were going to go in and buy an individual, quote unquote, disruptor, right? You're taking right. on a lot of risk because those disruptors Absolutely. could totally fall on their faces. With ARC, like you said, Bob, you're getting exposure to what forty di- disruptors. Yeah, so yes. you know, three, five, six of those might do really poorly. But again, I mean, not to not to be too much of a Tesla fanboy, but like you know, Tesla mm-hmm. might completely, you know, be so crazy that it that it goes up um you know triple q has your like stalwarts right it's got your microsoft your amazon your alphabet your apple your adobe i mean right. those are like
2: you know and, and the thing is what I worry about with qqq is especially lately where there has been the rumblings and the talks about how um uh, you know leaning on uh, amazon and apple and them uh, kind of breaking them up and uh i don't know I, I read something about how it's like forcing splits and, and, and whatnot. And it's like, that could cause an issue with the stock price. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a risk. What, what do you think, Jerry, would you, are you, I mean, are you doing anything with these two or, um, I mean, I know you have exposure to a lot of these companies. Yeah, actually
0: right. This second, I'm in a bearish QQQ, uh, futures and options Mm -hmm. trade. Actually. I'm, I'm, I'm basically betting that by November after the election, the Q's and the um, the Nasdaq itself will be less than twelve thousand five hundred. Look at you all contrarian. It's all contrarian. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It could rip my face off. We'll see what happens.
1: But (laughs) but But it's not your 401k. Jerry. No, no. Yeah. I I don't
0: know. I, I mean, I like I like the queues and they don't really offer it for my 401k they do have some vanguard funds and some pretty conservative things uh so that's fine but i i kind of like just kind of using the queues as a uh, a measure of how the technology industry is going i i think there's yeah. probably i mean there's there's great companies in in the triple qs but there's probably some junk in there, too, right, that you wouldn't want necessarily, yeah. but you just kind of get it because it meets some criteria for uh, – oh, who is it that puts it together? I forget who who creates the QQQs I see there. Oh, Vesco. In, in yeah, in I see their ads all the time. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of the discussion topic about uh, whether it's ETF versus individual stock. Um, you know, one – one, uh, one con about just going to ETF is that you do get some junk that's dragging you down and you want to try and find the best of breed in each sector or in each area or, or, uh, you know, global area that, uh, that that you're uh, interested in. So that's, that's kind of my thinking. Um, but by the same token, I mean, if, if, uh, if you feel like technology is this sort of amorphous generic, type of concept you just want to be in technology and you want to buy it or sell it as you please then both of these etfs are are great for doing that because it's one trade
2: to get yeah. in and get out
1: yeah i i might go long on both guys and tr- start to build build positions to be honest with you, I, you know
2: i'm i'm yeah. gonna tell you guys i i actually i'm thinking of actually uh, going long on, on arc because And and I'll tell you why here, is that I look at ARK's composition compared to to QQQ and let's just talk about it. Let's be Tesla Um, (laughs) fanboys. Arc is almost 11% Tesla, where QQQ has less than 4%. And if you look at Tesla's performance over just the past year, they're up over 800% in, in the past year. So that probably weighed very heavily in the performance of ARC over QQQ. Which
0: is why I'm going um, long Tesla yeah. directly.
2: Yeah. And, that, and that's well, to that go. point. Of, if of... you talk about like going direct is that if you would have been, forget all of this advice <laughs> and go and just go straight <laughs> Tesla, you would outperform both. Right. And so, I mean, and that's the thing is, that's the beauty of um, if you pick the right choice, right? If you roll the dice correctly yeah. and you, you get the, um, you get the right stock, you'll outperform. Um, yeah. I
1: yeah. Well, guys, <laughs> what you gonna wrap it up? I was gonna say the time goes fast. <laughs> Did it? Are we still? Oh man, nah, we gotta do. Right it there. Well, Jeez. to be continued next week. How about that? <laughs> All right. All right. Sorry, wah, gotta wah. do it. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Just, <we> got excited.
2: <laughs>
1: All right, guys. Well, I will. Right, uh, we will catch each other next week.
2: Sounds good. Peace. All right, guys. All right. See you, Bob. See See you, Jerry. Bye. Bye.